Hi, I'm Jen Naughton, and this is Bookish Society Secrets. In case you stumbled upon us, here's the sitch. We give you the inside dish, spoilers included, about the latest and greatest new books for kids and teens. Because I live by the mantra, so many books, so little time, I'm using this corner of the internet to boost authors and their stories. So hi, everyone. Today, I'm chatting with Elizabeth Christensen, the award-winning author of The Blameless Book One, which is available now. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you very much, Jen. This is a lot of fun and an honor to be able to be on your podcast today. I don't know about an honor, but <laughs> it'll we'll be fun. Honor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fun. And because you all don't know this, this is the second time we've recorded because the first time, I don't know what happened, but there was an annoying buzz that I could not get rid of. So we're uh, we're trying this again. So let's let's have all of our fingers crossed. If you're hearing this, it worked. <laughs> it's magic. So do you want to tell us all about your story? Sure. So uh, The Blameless, it's about uh, a princess named Brianna, and she loses everything in one night, her family, her friends, her home, and her kingdom. And she's rescued by a group of magical people that receive their gifts after acts of kindness and selflessness. Um, And after discovering her own gifts, Brianna works to master them um, so she can take back her kingdom and her people's freedom. Yeah, this is my new go-to suggested family read aloud. I mean, really great for all kids ages seven and up. It's uh, It reads like a classic. Let's put it that way. It, it reads and it sounds, I don't, want, I don't want to say this so it sounds bad or derogatory, but it reads like an old book, hmm. if that makes any sense. So well, in, the, me, in a good way. <laughs> for me, that's an honor. So I'll, I'll take okay. it. All right. So what inspired this story into your brain? Do you know? Yes, I do know. So I'm actually, I'm a nurse and I'm a mom of seven. So I I have a very busy life ordinarily, and I actually never planned or set out to write a book, but the book was inspired by actually an incredibly impactful dream that I had a few years ago. I dreamt of uh, this princess Brianna and right in the middle of her city being under siege and she escapes and she's terrified and fearful and she's rescued by this very wonderful person. And so I dreamt basically the first five or six pages of the book or the story. And I woke up in the middle of the night and my heart was racing and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I wanted to know what happened to this princess. Did she, you know, did she turn out, everything turn out okay? Did her life, um, you know, did she have a happy life? What happened? And so, um, The next morning, I told my husband about this dream, and I said, man, it just would make an amazing story or book, and we just kind of laughed about it and went went about our lives, but Princess Bree stuck with me, and that dream stuck with me for many months, and finally, after about six months, I decided I wanted to to tell her story and and try to write that book. It was part of your process going back to sleep thinking, okay, now dream the middle (laughs) <laughs> I know dream each chapter I don't dream know each chapter you're like every night you're like okay chapter seven let's go here we go so un- unfortunately the rest or maybe fortunately the rest I had to use my imagination <laughs> yeah well you know you can't expect your subconscious to give you the entire book no no 
That's too bad, but you're right. Yeah. So let's talk about world building. Where did you start? I mean, I know you started with a dream, but then how did you decide the parameters of how, you know, what life was like where Brie lives? Well, in the dream, she she had a, a hooded cloak on and there were, you know, knights riding on horses and swords clashing. And so it I knew it would be a medieval story. So so I have read a lot of medieval stories, uh, fantasies. And so I, I kind of just went right into that mode, I suppose. And um, these characters, the, the way I came up with the character's power, they receive their power after acts of kindness or selflessness. Um, like a, a, they've done a good deed, for example. And that came to me because uh, the main, one of the main characters, when he, he magically opened a lock, but he did that by he reached inside of his chest and did something and his ham, hand came away with this magical thing that unlocked the unlocked the door. And so I just thought, well, what is in our chest? Our heart is there. You know, what about our heart? Could we, can we talk about maybe? And so for me, I thought, well, our hearts can be maybe kind, good, not so good, evil. And so I thought, well, why don't we get magical powers that come from a condition of the heart? So that's kind of where that was prompted from. And that's so cool. I mean, that's, not something that you, you know, that I've seen in other books and I've I've read a few books. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) So did you like research the middle ages or anything or? Yes. So, so basically I needed to, since it was going to be a medieval story, most of my research, I'm sorry, happened by Googling things like, okay, Hey Google, when were, you know, when were tents invented? When were, you know, so even certain phrases that we use, like, oh, she swept that under the rug. Well, when were brooms invented? You know, like um, a lot of my people, they stay in tents. You know, how long have people mm-hmm. been living in tents? And do they take baths and showers in their rooms? And how long have toilets been around? And so just like making sure, even though this was an imaginary world, um, I wanted to try to keep those inventions and creations accurate to what was really occurring in medieval times. Yeah. So what about food? Yeah, even food, like how long have we been eating pasta, you know? So it was kind of a lot of, uh, like, even one of the things is chocolate cake. The princess has a chocolate cake and strawberries on her birthday. And so I I did even Google that. How long have people been making things out of chocolate and cocoa powder? So a long time, I guess. Yeah, a while. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's kind of a classic. I could see why, you know, the whole chocolate cake thing stuck around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, So. This literally has book one in the title. <laughs> How long till book two? Um, so book two is I'm, I'm editing the second draft and then it's going to go on to beta readers. And so basically my hope is, is that I don't have a date yet, but it'll be out in 2022. Okay. Well, that's not too long to wait. Not too far away. Not too far. Um, yeah. One of the things that I really liked about your story is just that while it is exciting and an adventure story, it's still really family friendly. And that's kind of rare these days, you know, that you can have a book that you could read to all your kids. I mean, if you have, you have seven, I have five, you know what it's like when there's littles around and, you know, everybody wants to, you know, be in on what, whatever you're reading. And it, it's, gets hard as your older kids get older to find things that everybody will like. Right. Yes, I I can understand that. So 
actually you're right though. I have had kids as young as six read it and, you know, elderly people. So it is kind of, <laughs> I know yeah. people books, it can, it is possible, but the book is kind of for all ages, but I say the way, the way to keep it family, family friendly for me, it does tackle a few tough subjects like loss, uh, surviving yeah. loss. Um, you know, Brie is also like in a, in a position where she has a lot faced with a lot of responsibility at a young age. Um, but I tried to create scenarios where kids can relate to some of those things. I think, um, kids start to experience, especially in middle grade, that they have responsibilities in life, you know, and not everybody has it easy. Maybe, um, you know, maybe that's because of home situations or sicknesses or whatever, but, but how do we get through those situations? And a lot of it, I, I like to infuse humor into my writing, just like, you know, not necessarily laugh out loud humor, but just wittiness and quirky things that happen that, that kind of alleviate the stress of the situation. And also I think the power of friendship is also another big thing. Um, so, you know, she's rescued by these amazing group of magic wielders and they become her family. And a lot of times family, um, you know, family and our relationships and our friendships help us get through tough times. So I think maybe that's why it's so family friendly. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So I have a, a new question this time around. Okay. Did you hide any secrets in your books that only a few people will find? So, so there are a few things in the book that only the... Uh, initial beta readers or fans maybe know about, like I actually had some fans that read it in the beginning and, and they actually helped motivate me to continue to write and to publish. And so Bree's birthday, for example, is the same date as the birthday of uh, one of these super oh, fans. See? Yeah. yeah. And there's also a huge spoiler or surprise twist that happens in book two. And there are some hints dropped in book one that you won't know about and, until you read book two. So, okay. So you didn't name any of the characters after your kids or anything? Oh yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> See, I knew it. Some of that, of course. I was going to say, I hope you named all seven because otherwise there's going to be problems. <laughs> actually, you want to know what, what's really um, cool is my oldest yeah. son. He actually came up with the name of the book, The Blameless. So that's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And Brianna Rose is named after my daughter, Alexa Rose. Okay. Um, so there are definitely intertwined in there a lot of things. And my nephew is actually uh, one of the main characters, Derek. And the story is, is created after my my nephew, Derek. So Okay. See, that's all I, of the secret info I like to get. Inside scoop? The inside scoop for, you know, Bookish Society secrets. Yes, it's a secret. That's pretty cool. That <laughs> is. Um, gosh, I just... I'm trying to think what else we talked about last time because so I you felt did like... ask me about Flareball. I don't remember what the question was though, or how I came up with it. Maybe, maybe, or... yeah. Oh, yeah, about the yeah because there's the magical game. Flare the magical Ball. game. Why don't you explain that again? <laughs> <laughs> so the way I came up with Flareball, I just knew that I wanted to come up with um, some type of a magical game, something exciting. Uh, Brianna is trying to train and learn her magic. And so I didn't want it to just be a bunch of boring training. So I did think about the game um, as a way for her to train in a fun way. And the way that I came up with it, actually, my teenage son and I hashed that chapter out, chapter seven. We hashed it out in one afternoon, just kind of the rules of the game and the shape of the the shape of the web or the Pentagon that they played the game on and how those magical powers and how the 
how the the game worked. So, yeah, I thought that was very cool. I'm I'm a big fan of a magical game. Yes. I can just picture the whole, uh, I can picture kids like trying to make a court up at home, you know? <laughs> Hopefully that's what will happen. <laughs> Hopefully. So why don't you tell us about the award that you won? Because I dropped that you were an award winner, but we didn't say which one. Okay. So I just recently found out last week that I was the winner of the National Indie Excellence Award um, for the preteen fiction category. So that's kind of like ages 10 to 14. And yeah, so it's a national um, a national award. So across the across the U.S. and any English book can be sent in. Um, there's, uh, to my understanding, there are thousands of applicants, and you basically you you send them your work, and it goes through through a lot of readers, and then they they come up with finalists and winners. So I was you first won. place. I was first place. I won. So that was the super winner. super validating. Very very exciting for me. I love that they have that category called preteen. It kind of solves that whole middle grade spread that I, you know, I'm always complaining about on this podcast, the whole lower middle grade, upper middle grade. I know. Why don't they just split it and call it preteen? Because fourth graders don't want to read eighth grade books. You're exactly right. And and you're right. I think um, the blameless is just even though it's appropriate content wise for anybody. I think that that 10 to 14 year olds, it's kind of prime for the early teens. Oh yeah. And I think that they, you know, they will get so much, they will get more out of it, you know, because it's aimed right at them. But, you know, I'm always looking for, uh, you know, something that you can read to younger kids too, you know? Yes. And actually, you know, I think this is the kind of book, if you read it out loud that, you know, passing adults would would end up listening in too, because a good story is a good story. And it really has, you know, no age brackets. Right. And yeah. another like exciting piece of ins- an insider scoop too, yes. is I'm currently in the process of recording an audiobook. So that's kind of oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. That is cool. Are you, so you're recording it yourself? Yes. I'm reading it. Yeah. How's that going? Um, it's going, it's going good. Yeah. <laughs> how does that, while. how does it work? I mean, like, do you, do you plan on only reading so much a day? I'm assuming like you can't read the whole book at once because your voice would get tired. Right. Yeah. Um, take uh, just take breaks as needed. Drink lots. And I, I just sit there actually with my recorder in the studio. And if I as I'm going, if I say something and I don't like the way it came out or if I flubbed a word, then we immediately rewind and cut and paste and start fresh. And so we just kind of go as until either him or I or one of us gets tired. Okay. Yeah. I'm always interested in the, you know, the whole publishing bookish world. Um, gosh. So what else did we do say? you want to give us a spoiler? I mean, besides what we've already said. Okay. So I did think of one spoiler and um, so princess Bree, she's trying to learn her magic. And one of the things she's focusing on is the power of invisibility. So she's trying to learn how to turn herself invisible. So she's practicing alone in her room at night where no one can see her. And so she, she, one night she, she thinks she may be successful. She feels a little different. So she goes to her mirror in her bedroom and looks in the mirror and 
she sees most of her body, but her head is missing. So it startles <laughs> I hate it her. when that happens. <laughs> Don't you hate it? Yeah. So she sees her head is gone and she screams and then she loses her focus and her head pops back on. And then that makes her scream again. And some guards rush in and, you know, and she lies and tells them that she saw a mouse. So that's one kind of fun little moment of her trying to learn the, the gift of invisibility. Yeah, I, I really think kids are going to like this book because it's, you know, it's so funny and there's adventure and mystery and, you know, it's it's definitely, I'm trying to think what what would be comparable. I mean, I'm going back old school, but definitely Redwall, Narnia. It's a little bit like The Hobbit, I think, as far as the chapters being like good places to stop if you're reading out loud. Like I didn't find, I found it to be like just kind of cliffhangery enough that you didn't feel like you had to keep reading forever because, you know, at bedtime you're tired. And although I love reading out loud to my kids, you know, you don't want to read like 10 chapters one night. You want to, you want to be able to break that up. Yeah, for sure. I'm always looking for that. Some of our, like some of my more modern, I suppose, titles or books similar to The Blameless, um, like with its elemental magic in The Blameless, some people have compared it to Avatar, The Last Airbender, like oh, right. a little bit. And yeah, then, yeah, a little bit. And, and then a little bit like Ranger's Apprentice, too. Okay. Uh, and the humor and action side of things is kind of similar, maybe, to The False Prince by Jennifer Nielsen. So those are kind of the my comparative ty- titles or books. Yeah, I haven't read The False Prince. Oh my gosh. I guess I should. It. I just wrote it down. It's so good. So do you have any other middle grade titles that you recommend that are pretty new? Um, New ones. What are you reading? So what I am currently reading, well, I just finished. It's not a new book, but have you ever read Ella Enchanted? I have. Did you read Ogre Enchanted then? go right into it. No, I haven't. I haven't read that. I haven't read that. So I need to, that's good. Yeah. 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 Um, so I recently, I'd never read it. I'd seen the movie. So I decided I wanted to read that. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, isn't it so much better than the movie? It's so much better than the movie. Yeah, I know. But I think all books pretty much. are. I know that's my standard line, but I mean, especially (laughs) this was really good. The wittiness in every sentence of this book far outweighed the movie. Um, So I recently finished that, but I'm in the middle of reading Mulrocks and the Melcognitos by Karen Smith with my funny. Yes. With my 11 year old daughter. And that's a very witty, humorous book as well. And then I'm going to be starting Legend of the Storm Sneezer by Christiana Furlia. Furlia. So that's a, an indie author. And she also has another book that's being released soon. Um, something about the rainbow eater. I can't remember. But, I, have, um, I have to look her up. Yeah. So yeah, middle grade titles. I think those ones that I mentioned, the false prince is a, is a must read in my opinion for middle graders or teens. All right. That sounds good. What else? I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Let me I think that's it. I so think. you asked me, are you, uh, yeah. your one sentence impression, what inspired the book? Yeah, I asked you did everything. I research you did. Yeah. All right. Then I'll do my little ending. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you doing this again. And I have full confidence this time. There's no buzzy sounds. <laughs>
Thank you, Jen. It was an honor to be on. Um, and yes, I will say it was an honor to be on your program and a lot of fun too. And hey, kids out there, if you ever do read The Blameless, look me up on social media and give me a shout out and say hi. I love interacting with my readers. I will pass that on. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at bookish underscore society and on Twitter at bookish society. And of course, on our website, thebookishsociety.com. Thanks again to Chris Rieger for his audio engineering magic. 